Hey guys, welcome to the Hey DJ Show. I'm your host, DJ Jimenez. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you're over on YouTube, please go ahead and hit, hit that like button, subscribe for more content. Uh, remember, you can catch this wherever you get your podcasts, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. And do consider following me on every social media platform at Hey DJ Show. With all that boring stuff out of the way, I'm happy to introduce my next guest, Tristan Harwell. Tristan, how are you, man? What's going on, dude? How's it going? Good man, like you're you're so chill. Like, I'm, no disrespect to any of my other guests, but you're like the more, the most chill guest I've had. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I've had. Uh, I mean, just because you know, no no one has done this in my group of friends and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, it's all good. It's nothing to it. But most of them, I have to kind of prep before the show. They're like a little bit nervous. You were just like, all right, let's do it. Let's yeah. get to it. Let me get some water. <laughs> I don't know if I have the energy to be nervous <laughs> i like that hangover all morning <laughs> <laughs> good. no i good yeah no i i'm I, I i i vibe with that like i don't have the energy to be nervous if anything i'm good like happy nervous just excited about doing something yeah yeah no it's cool like um i think the first one that i really saw you doing was with uh roberto yeah and I was like, oh, dude, like that's sick. We we're just talking about, you know, you getting your podcast together and, I mean, just getting it done, doing it. Yeah. You know, like, why not? Why not? Yeah, that's nothing to it. Um, I mean, not to say like mine's like the greatest or anything. You know, it's just starting no, out. No, 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 it's but... the greatest. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the greatest. It's the greatest. <laughs> you gotta have the confidence. You're like, you have the best podcast in the world. Like, I am proud of it for sure. Uh, uh. Like I, I am like really excited because uh, I'm not tech savvy. I'm not super creative. The fact that I was able to pull this off is nothing short of a miracle. So <laughs> it's 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 freaking awesome. And now now everything's ready. Like I don't really move the equipment or anything. Now all it is is I invite the person, walk through on what to do a little bit, uh, and show them where they sit. That's it. And then hit record that's it yeah you're just like you're i mean you're comfortable with it now yeah this is 18 episode 18 episode 18 Get don't watch episode one through three like those are trash those oh, are, those are like just you right yeah, yeah. those are trash like i could i could fully admit that the thing i want to delete them so bad don't delete them don't delete I, them. I know i know the reason why i'm not going to delete them is because if for whatever reason this blows up and 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 i i get big right I want people to go back to see it and and because one of the biggest turnoffs in anything creative, not necessarily just creative, but anything in life is that people are too scared to try and mess up. Episode one through three for me, even still in the beginning of the interviews, I was trash. I was still learning. You need to put yourself out there for people to see your mistakes and to show that like your episode one, everybody wants their first attempt to be perfect. I think that's where people get really nervous about it. Yeah. They don't, like, if it's not going to be great immediately, then they don't want to do it. Yeah. They just feel like it's going to be a failure. Like, it's weird because people don't want to work on things. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's something that's really becoming a problem. Like, people don't want to work on things unless it's going to be perfect or amazing. Because especially with, God, all the social media and everything. Mm -hmm. Everything everybody sees is always, like, a perfect version of what's going on. Yeah. So you just see that all the time and people want things to be perfect, but it's not like 
nothing's is perfect, you know. No, like, and 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 that's the thing with uh, uh, some people. Like, I'm, I'm I'm I just started off, and you can easily compare me to all these like big YouTubers that have like a big budget and like a professional studio now. And me, I'm I'm making do with this room that I have. But I'm doing the best I have, like what's available to me. And some people look at like, oh, well, because I can't afford that, I don't want to start. And, that, and and yeah, that's a little bit of that where it's like, oh, well, if I don't have this super expensive camera, then I'm not even going to. Once I get this expensive camera, right. then I'll start. Yet they have an iPhone or an Android phone. They can start right now. And like for some people wondering, like how you were wondering, what camera am I using? I'm using an iPhone, people. Two iPhones. That's it. <laughs> this is it. And well, I mean, you got, like, I mean, especially with TikTok now, mm-hmm. like people have, I think, I, don't, I mean, I don't do a lot of research. Yeah. But, like you see videos on uh, TikTok and people have like their podcasts or like their interviews. And it's literally on a phone. It's like, their that's phone. It. Even just their TikTok that goes viral 10 seconds and stuff. It's their phone. Yeah. I mean, that's all you need, you know, just that's all you need. like you said, it's a camera, microphone, people like that's, that's, that's it. what it is. And I mean, I've watched a couple of the, of your episodes. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's good. Like, it's yeah. not like you it's don't a need start. like a $10,000 camera and like, yeah, like the production quality is good. Like it looks good on the cameras. The mics are like, you've got, you just invested a little bit, but it, what you have does really well. Yeah. Um, my, one of my biggest fans, Brad, shout out to you, Brad. Uh, he, I was hanging out with him the other day, uh, the other week. And he was, he told me, he was like amazed by the production value. And he was like, dude, it looks so, you know, professional and stuff. And it was just from the little tidbit, uh, uh, help that I got from some of my friends in the past, uh, that, went to school for film and stuff, like how to light a room, how to set up a, a tripod, the 180 rule, little things like that helped me set this up. But I would never have known like where I messed up or what needs improvement unless you start. One of my favorite stories real quick is my episode uh, zero and one. I had a I had this table actually before I invested in this long table and it's a you know short little square table i did like episode 1 and then my buddy brady comes up to me and at work and he's like hey man episode 1 was great i just have one critique and i said yeah sure what's up and he was like you need a longer table and he was completely right but i never would have known that unless i started i keep telling this story and i will always tell the story it's my favorite until you start you don't know what needs improvement until you start. And then because like, I didn't think I needed a longer table and it took an outside set of eyes to be able to be like, Hey, you need to improve on this. And sometimes, you know, you, you take their word and uh, with a grain of salt and you're like, "Eh, maybe whatever, but you don't know what needs to be improved on until you freaking start with any, not just with podcasts, with anything in life. Uh, you, uh, it, this is kind of a good segue. You do these like strongman competitions. Is it called strongman? Yeah. It's called okay. Okay. Strongman. You do these things. I'm pretty sure you've, you've done like something like squats in somewhat of a bad form. And then you realize, okay, I, 
I need to do it properly in order to maximize the potential and, or, you know, something like that. So I'll, I'll let you speak on that. So, uh, uh, Talk a little bit about strongman competitions. Well, you're close there, except okay. I, I do everything perfect all the time. So it's, <laughs> not, it's not a problem. There you go. There you go. No, dude. It's, gosh. I mean, like you are saying, with starting and no, you have to know what to work on. And you have to start to be able to do that. And, I mean, we've known each other for, God, a while. Since now. high school, man. Yeah. Freshman year, whatever. Dude, that was let me range. just add, like, whole... Like, holy shit, man. You you are huge in a good way because you were a skinny motherfucker in high school. We were doing like, theater together. We were doing theater together. You were one skinny twig, man. And I remember I worked at O'Charlie's. Yeah. And then one day you came in uh, with your girlfriend, now wife, and you you were, like, huge. And I was just like, I'm sorry. What? What are you doing? And then you were like, rugby. And I'm like rugby you're like rugby do you oh, yeah. still do well, rugby uh actually yes i'm doing rugby now um i'm not i've taken a break off of strongman and i'm playing rugby again i played rugby for like the last 10 years yeah and there's a new league starting up the north american rugby league and so there's like with rugby there's two big styles so mm-hmm. you have like rugby union which like have you seen like the Olympics mm-hmm. is like a shortened version of rugby union yeah. where they have the scrums and line outs where they lift people up in the air. Yeah. D- that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there's rugby league, which I mean, it's pretty much the same game, but you have a set of six downs. Um, you don't do the line outs, the throw-ins when the ball goes out of bounds. So it's the same game, just a few differences. Mm-hmm. So Atlanta has a rugby league team. And we're starting up in the North American Rugby League in 2022. So that's like a professional rugby league. Yeah. Hell <laughs> it's yeah. weird to call it a league, but it's called Rugby League. Yeah. It's just the name. I'm yeah. like, why is – let's call it something else. Yeah. yeah but um, <laughs> so that's starting up next year. Like we've had a couple games, little friendlies this year. We played Delaware, North Carolina. Uh, a couple weeks ago we went up to Cleveland and played – the Cleveland Rugby League, wow. so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. But and definitely like getting into rugby early definitely helped. Like doing strongman mm-hmm. and just gosh, I uh, I don't think I worked out for a year in high school, but I did. I just all I did is play rugby. I went back into the gym and like my squat went up. Like a hundred pounds. Like it was holy shit. I'm not lying. Like it was like it <laughs> no, went from I believe like, it. It went from like two eighty five to three sixty five and all I did was play rugby. Mm. Like it's intense. So it's it's been a fun last ten years with it. Damn. So but um you know, we're talking about strongman. So my dad did strongman mm-hmm. when I was a kid. So I grew up with it, you know, when my dad is six foot six and like you know, like you tell kids, oh, I think my dad can beat up your dad. I'm like, well, <laughs> you guys haven't seen my dad. I mean, this guy's huge, and he's like flipping tires and squatting, carrying these giant, crazy, heavy things. And all I wanted when I was a kid was to like work out with him and be big and strong like my dad and everything. Yeah, but I didn't really get into it until I lived up in Boston. 
and there was a strongman gym in Boston that my dad had actually gone to way back when I was a like baby for a, a big strongman seminar. Mm-hmm. There's a guy that came in from Norway and was doing a seminar there, and he went up to that gym, and he's been following them ever since. So when I moved up to Boston, he was like, you should go check it out. You moved to Boston after high school? Yes. I... Right after high school, because I was at North Cobb, mm-hmm. and then I transferred over to Alatoona, did like a year at Chat Tech with dual enrollment, graduated okay. from Alatoona, and then how long was it after I graduated? It wasn't 20, I graduated 2015, and then 20, like fall 2016, I went and played rugby in Sydney for a little bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I came back. Worked here for, I think it was 2018 is when I moved up to Boston. So three years after high school, um, I was doing, it was a massage job that I had down here mm-hmm. that I went up there to do. And so I, was, I still played rugby up there, but then on our break, because Boston is, Boston is a great city. Yeah. But you get like two good months out of the year really yeah like where it's it like cold. you want to be outside and it's nice and beautiful yeah. like you get like maybe two good months <laughs> everything else it's like god at least eight months is just frigid yeah it's awful so we and we start our season when that happens and so then during like december january february march we don't play at all because mm. it's like you can't yeah it's too bad yeah so during that time is when I got into strongman. Okay. I was like, well, there's this gym. Like I'm in the off season. I want to stay strong. I don't want to do anything. So I started training, and oh man, I love that gym. It was just one of those hardcore, like mostly powerlifters. Yeah. But it was just like you get in there, you get shit done, and you it's the consistency. You get to know everybody. Everybody pushes you. You know, you can't. That's you don't want to not show up. Because they're gonna be like, "What the hell are you doing? Where were like, you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Why haven't you been here? That's like, that's a good fucking gym. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like it's the, the accountability from everybody's great. So I trained. I was just messing around with it, like putting strongman implements in place of like my normal exercises workout. So instead of just doing military press, I was starting to do log presses, mm-hmm. um, and. <laughs> I look back on those videos when I first started, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, this is ugly, man. I'm like, who? There, There's a pro strongman at this gym. Why wasn't he t- correcting me? Like, what? Like, it was so ugly, you know? Go back. He was and a fortune teller. He was and like, you when And when it's back. crazy, because it would work. Like, I was. it's like those new newbie gains, you know? Like, yeah. it was work, but I had no clue what I was doing. It's just like, well, get it from the floor to your chest to overhead figure yeah. it out it feels like it's working yeah like nothing <laughs> broke i'm sh- pretty sure <laughs> so i was doing that and, you know i you know talked to my dad and he's like, oh that's awesome like when are you doing a contest I'm like, oh, i don't i don't know man like why would i like i'm not that strong yeah like, i don't want to do all that and like embarrass myself so i i mean i ended up looking around the area and there was one up in New Hampshire, it was February, and it was like six weeks out. And normally people take three, four months to train for a contest. So it was like six weeks. 
we can do this. Hey, that's what's up. Oh man. So, and I, all of my training, all my information I got was all from the internet. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. Yeah. So I'm like, what do, what do you guys do? Like what's going on? Like, how should I train for strong band? <laughs> As I'm like signed up for a contest. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Um, and my dad actually flew up to take me to my first contest. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's cool. Well, a little more background there. So a couple of years ago, my dad actually had like a really bad accident. Oh, no. um, accident implies car crash. He, his aorta, descending aorta. Mm-hmm. So the vessel that takes the blood from your heart down to the rest of your body below your heart. Yeah. That split open. Oh, shit. From his heart down to his thigh just like a candy cane just split open yeah and he was out and working in west like middle of nowhere west texas almost mexico mm-hmm. so he had to go emergency to the hospital and everything and somehow they had a really good heart surgeon out there that took care of him and i think he was he was in surgery for 10 to 12 hours Jeez. and they just had to like sew him back up and put like this mesh around him and everything and during even during open heart surgery dude had a heart attack and a stroke in his spinal cord damn yeah and he i mean i don't even remember how much blood he lost i think you have like five liters of blood in your body might be horribly wrong. My wife's a nurse. You, well, you're you're tell, off by like one liter. It's yeah, actually like, four. It's actually 5.4. So <laughs> what are you doing? Um, but I want to say he lost three and a half to four liters. Yeah. He he lost a lot of blood. Yeah. Like it was crazy. Like afterwards, the doctors came up to my stepmom and like when he was doing rehab and everything, they told him like, you had like, you really shouldn't be alive. Oh, wow. Like, they, and every doctor, like, that talked to him since is, like, how, like, they have no idea. So, they literally said, like, 1% chance that you would live. Like, there's no reason you should be alive. So, now, because of all the damage from the lack of blood down to his lower body, the stroke in the spinal cord, he's in a wheelchair now. Oh, no. So, he was six foot six. Now, he's a little shorter. (laughs) Um... So, like, him coming up there and doing that with me, like, that was, like, really big because... This was after the accident? Yeah. So okay. this was a couple years, uh, maybe, I think, two years after. Well, go Pops. Yeah. Dude, and now he's uh, doing bodybuilding. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, he just won't stop. Like, he literally... That's a warrior right there. Dude, he he's crazy. He puts himself... He'll do something until he puts himself in the grave. No, see, right there... I could see your dad uh that's that's a story right there that I could see him being one of those motivational stories where uh I mean uh sucks to say like is is he still in a wheelchair he's just yeah, training yeah. so he's got some function of his legs like he can drive and like stand up not like with assistance like he he leans onto something he can stand up but um over the past couple of years, like it's getting better, mm-hmm. but I mean, there's no way that he's ever going to walk again. Like, yeah, I say that, but then this dude's going to be like skipping down the road. <laughs> I don't know, but you know, I'm going to train for a marathon. I'm yeah. Sorry, what? Right. Like he, 
I don't know. You could do anything. But, but yeah, no. The, but to comment a little bit about that, it's like that's see, that's a good story. That's one of those things. Like I could tell that n- never meeting your dad, but I could tell that he's one of those figures where, yeah, this this crappy thing happened. I'm not letting that stop me. Like I'm, I'm still gonna go get it. I want it. I'm gonna go get it. And oh, yeah. that's I vibe with that. That's that's awesome. Oh yeah. I mean, both my parents are just insane you know my dad all that like he, he won't stop my mom like god all the stuff that we've been through because i I'm mainly grew up with my mom and my sister mm-hmm. just all the stuff that we've been through and she's i mean like she so she, my mom did massage therapy for my almost my entire life so that's why i kind of why i did massage for a while mm-hmm. um because i was into it it was really it's really cool stuff but yeah. um she did that so she could um have a easy enough schedule to where she can do pretty much everything me and my sister wanted to do. That's what's up. Yeah. So she like put that and massage therapy is tough on your body. Is like it? When you're doing, I mean, you're just like digging in. I like, mean, yeah, people, yeah. yeah. I mean, getting massage is great. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking <laughs> for a second. I was like, like, wait, I don't know what it's like applying, but yeah, massage is, doing whew. massages. Oh, I loved it, but I don't think my hands are like, built for just the little like digging in Mm -hmm. it i mean i only did it for three years and i was like damn like my hands my shoulders and everything and she's done it for god 15 years at least damn so she's just like broken like there's always something wrong but she's like always just keeps going like she like nothing's gonna stop her like she's very determined and know it's been fantastic so i gotta give it to them for how i've been able to do all the stupid shit i've been able to do (laughs) in my life just play like just beat the hell out of myself of everything that i want to do for fun you know play rugby i'm just smash myself um i just keep going and it's i just have insane genetics from them that's that's funny i can imagine where both your parents you know, they, they pick these very physical jobs and they're like, we're grinding so you don't have to grind as hard. And then here you go. It's like, you could do whatever you want. Yeah, I want to like destroy my body. I want to hurt Romeo. myself. I, I want to hurt myself. It's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. We can't stop them. <laughs> oh my gosh. I've Strongman, I never really had any big injuries from. That's good. Um, Mainly just like being hurt. Sore, kind of. Yeah. I mean, sore. I mean, always sore. Yeah. But like, nothing like that actually damaged me. Mm-hmm. But like muscle spasms or pinched nerves, you know, just little things like that. I mean, it can be really dangerous. You know, like yeah. Um, I just think it's crazy what I've been able to do. Like you said, starting out where you start out at, what you get to, and. Now I've kind of put that on hold, but like this past year, June, that wasn't that long ago. Geez. Ever since COVID, everything's like been moving in hyperspeed, man. Yeah. And so I almost went to nationals in June. I got, I got an invite to nationals, Mm -hmm. but then that's when I was like, right before I started to play rugby again. Mm -hmm. And I didn't start playing. I was just coaching at first, but then I'm in there and I'm like, 
like teaching guys how to hit and tackle and everything. And I'm getting the, like the feeling of hitting again. I was like, <laughs> all right, well, I'm not done. I'm going to, I got to get back into this. And I, and I wanted to lose weight because the strong man, it's so easy to get just huge because mm-hmm. a lot of guys do, because it does help lift weight, like be big, lift big. There's some truth to that. Yeah. Although just being strong works too. But um, I was like, I'm getting a little too big. I need to slim down and just, uh, so I started just like, I'll do the practice just um, so I can have some cardio, get a little fitter and everything. And I'm like, no, fuck it. I'm going to play. <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't not do this. And, and then the opportunity just to play on a professional team as well. Yeah. Like, sure. Why not? And it's good. Cause now it's something else to push me. So I've done a lot like with strongman. Working out, trying to lift as much weight as possible, um, just ridiculous stuff. And now most of my workouts are cardio-based, mm-hmm. doing loads of cardio so I can get my heart back to where it needs to be, my lungs and everything. Because when we first met, not only was I doing theater, but I was also running cross-country. That's right, yeah. Yeah, so that's another insane thing like, <laughs> why why just run for fun yeah so i i did enjoy cross country yeah um it's a lot easier when you're like 170 pounds rather than 320 so <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so i i remember it's definitely a video you shared like years ago on facebook that just made me go like wow these strongman competition it was the one i'm i'm pretty sure it was in europe uh where you start off with like a small concrete ball and you put it atlas stones what is it called atlas stones atlas stones yeah Yeah. and the dude for those who don't know i'm going to poorly describe it it's where you just grab like the small concrete ball it starts off like a baseball and, and, and you put it on a podium and then right next to it is another one that's slightly bigger and you you put it on a podium you move on and it gets bigger and bigger and then like eventually like dude can do it with you know one hand and then eventually he has to use two hands it turns into a basketball and then it's huge and he has to like actually grip it put it on his chest and like lift up and i'm like what and then it, what amazed me is I watched it kind of with uh, uh, being a little bit of a skeptic going like, okay, I know this dude's stronger than me for sure. But there's that one that he just lived. That's it. There's no way he can lift this one. And then he does it. I'm like, okay, that was impressive. There's no way you can lift that next one. And then he fucking does it. And I'm he's, just probably, like, he's probably thinking the same thing. He's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to do this. <laughs> that like blew my mind. I, 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 I love that competition. So, uh, and then you did a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stones big, was one of my favorite events. Th- those are, those I are epic. I, I'm pretty sure again, because of my point of view, I didn't know anything about that sport. I didn't know Jack. Anybody can watch that and be impressed and just be like, dude, this, like every second it's like no way no way oh shit and then when they pull it off and then when they don't pull it off you're rooting for them you're never rooting against them and you're just like oh then you almost that's a cool thing too is even like when you're competing against other people like your competitors 
want you to do really good too. Yeah. Because I don't, I mean, there's been events that I've won because somebody has an injury or something. I'm like, you know, like, like, I, like he's I definitely stronger well. than me, but I was just, I've been able to be healthy. So I was able to win this event. Yeah. You know, like he's like torn his pec three times and Ooh. like just not healing right. Now he can't press this or he can't because with the Atlas stones, you have to squeeze it. So you're like using your pec. So you don't really think about that. Yeah. Like, you know, like a pec deck machine, you're doing that. Yeah. You're really doing that when you get into the stones. And he just couldn't like get a hold of it properly because he doesn't have as much strength in his pec anymore. Yeah. So like that's part of it, just staying healthy enough to be able to perform. There's yeah. a lot of guys that are like that push themselves so like crazy, and then your bicep comes off the bone. You got to get that reattached, and I got to rebuild. And people will just keep doing it, and I'm probably one of those people. So like, no, I, mean, I haven't like, torn, I haven't torn anything. Knock on wood, this isn't wood, but <laughs> something, <laughs> right? Right? It, um, but the. Atlas stones. I think with the video you're talking about, so in like a lot of cultures, stone lifting was very big on like how much of a man you are. Like to become a man, you've got to be able to lift these stones. Mm-hmm. You know, it's in cultures all over the world. I know, especially it's big and strong man is Scotland and Iceland. Yeah, you know they're huge. Um, so I think those ones you're talking about is the Ardblair stones, Ardblair or something. Uh, in Scotland, and it goes that small one. I want to say is thirty pounds, like the very small, the mm-hmm. smallest one. Damn, that and thing then like freaking baseball. I think it's ten stones. And it goes from thirty pounds up to three hundred, three hundred or three thirty. But you don't like so when a lot of times when we do Atlas stones in competition, and we've got these braces that we wear on our arms. And then we just slather it in tacky. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like tree sap. Yeah. Really. So it's just like the super sticky substance just so we can hold on to it. Yeah. You know, because that's so, a I've certain seen point, chalk. Chalk but with can help. Hand. Yeah. Chalk just helps like not be um, like okay, sweaty. Cut. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like it helps absorb that so you're not slipping. Mm-hmm. Um, stones can get. Uh, like dusty, mm-hmm. or they have that film of just like the rock dust sitting on it. Yeah. So sometimes chalk doesn't really help. Gotcha. So you get that sticky stuff on, and then just get a hold of it, and lift it up. With the Arblair stones, you don't have any of that. Like it's just you. Mm. And it's you versus crazy. Like doing it, and like that's how some people train. Well, they're just nothing help. Mm-hmm. Like no help. Just get into it, lift it up. And, like, actually train yourself to do it, not rely on. Because you, I mean, you almost don't have to grab it if you have that tacky on. Like, you just, like, attach and then lift. Yeah. You know, but actually training those muscles, your back. I mean, stones train everything. Mm -hmm. It is rough. And the most I've done is a 400-pound stone. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> You're talking about how there's ten stones and it's like, oh, the heaviest one is probably like three, three thirty. Then you're like, oh yeah, I did four hundred. I used I used tacky on that one though. You I used that. I that wasn't that wasn't just raw. That yeah, wasn't yeah. just me. <laughs> but I mean, when I first started doing stones, I would do it just raw. Yeah, and it would 
eat my forearms. Oh, up. really? Because it's I just a that. ball of concrete. Yeah. So you're squeezing it, lifting it, and I'm just like, my forearms are bloody afterwards. Damn. Yeah. I'm like, I got to do something about this. Like, <laughs> I've got forearm tattoos. I don't want to fuck that up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, getting up to that 400-pound stone was a big, big milestone. And it's like... I guess it's the same with anything like podcasting or whatever. Like you, like there's, man, this always... is not lifting four hundred pounds. Well, no, of stone. Well, this is easy. I'm saying like there's always something like you feel like it's better, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. You, oh, like you can have this. Like oh, instead of having iPhones for cameras, which I mean work really well, but you could get a really expensive camera that has like all these neat little tricks to it, or yeah, you know, with strongman, you know, they're like everybody's stronger than you. Mm-hmm. There's always somebody stronger than you. Even world's strongest man. Like that changes all the time because people just get stronger or better. Like you don't perform as well. Like it's so like up to chance, like how you perform. And what I would like uh, uh, add to that and correct me if I'm wrong, is that some of these like, you know, big athletes on it that's been doing it for X amount of years. Now they probably have like, you know, good you know, good trainers and good state of the art equipment to kind of take on, uh, take on the workload a little bit, but there was a time and place where they didn't have that. They had little to nothing. They just had themselves and the area and stones. So you have to start somewhere. And like what I do, like just for this podcast, as an example, is that this isn't, this is like, I could easily now teach somebody how to do this. Again, it's not the greatest, but, you know, it's a start and I'm now proud of it. And I'm able to do this with just iPhones and basic microphones. Like these, these microphones are like 50 to hundred bucks. Uh, I got them on Amazon and stuff. Eventually there's, there's better microphones. There's better cameras. There's better lights, better everything, but you have to start somewhere. You have to learn the fundamentals. You have to learn the basics. And then over time. You know, when money starts coming in or whatever, endorsements, whatever, slowly you increase the quality, but you need to learn the basics. You need to learn the fundamentals. I'm exactly. I'm willing to bet that's the same thing with Strongman. It's like, especially with you right now, that there was a time and place where you didn't perform as well as you thought, but because you started, you realize, okay, now I know what I need to improve on. I know something physical I need to improve on. And then the moment you do, and then you start winning competitions and, and you start getting money in, then you start to increase your the quality of your equipment, but you're still going to perform what you were performing. Now you're just going to do it even better, but you had to learn how to start. You had to learn how to do a squat. You had to learn how to lift. Right. So you say like in like a, a strongman technique is so big. Yeah. And it's one of the things about strongman is supposed to be just... Like, you're just strong. Like, you mm-hmm. just get strong. You do everything you can. So, like, when it comes time to show up to that contest and get there, you're just ready to go. Yeah. Because there's not, it's not like powerlifting or weightlifting, CrossFit, whatever, like, where there's very standardized pieces of equipment. Like, you're going to, you know, you're going to be using this style bar with this and, you know, you can... By, most every gym has that bar so you can train with it like you know what it feels like powerlifting they are very 
keen on keeping everything very much the same. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you don't have calibrated plates. Like, what are we doing? You know, like <laughs> it has to be this bar, this knurling. It has to be this thick. Like, there's so much that goes into that. But with strongman, it's just like you're going to show up and you're going to pick up a fucking rock, whether it's the shape of a sphere, oval, or just something we dug out of the backyard. <laughs> you're going to come up and you're going to pick it up. And that you just have to be like, okay. Like if there's somebody like natural stones are events, like you can carry them, load them onto a platform, uh, press them over your head. And it's a natural stone. So that means it's a, just a rock, just a rock. It's just like that. Whatever shape. Yeah. It's just whatever. And you have to get the like, day of figure out what, like what's it going to take Like watch other people try to lift it. Like, where are the certain ridges? What angle is going to be best to, you know, line up the center of mass so you can lift it up easier and it's not too far away from you? Like, you have to do all this day of. And it's the same rock everybody's trying to lift? Most, yeah, for most of the time. So, I mean, okay. it'll be different. Like, there's different weight classes. So, yeah. like, the heavier guys will have a heavier rock, whatever. But most guys all have the same rock. Yeah. Um, this was an event at the Arnold Classic a few years ago. And Matush Kieliskowski, this guy, like everybody was struggling. They could lap it. And you would get points for how high you could get it. Mm-hmm. It was like one, if you could lap it, two to your belly, three, you had a shoulder. You had to get it up and hold on one shoulder. So that's four points all the way up. And I think somebody was able to like kind of get it up and get it to their chest before him. And then this dude walks up and then, and it's, I want to say it was like 400 pounds. Oh, wow. And this dude walks up and then just like puts it in his lap and throws it up to his, like throws his hips through it, rolls it up to his shoulder, just sits it there, rep good down, puts the rock down. And then he does it four times <laughs> just because he had the technique and he figured it out yeah. and what to do. And I mean, a lot of people and strongman, a lot of people make their own equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, like people will get a tree and then like trim it down and cut out little holes so you can have handles and like literally have a log. Yeah, I've seen those. And they'll yeah. do like chest press and stuff like that. I've yeah, seen so you like literally just have a log. Or like I have metal logs that Rogue made. Mm-hmm. And I mean, most contests use metal logs. But some people don't have the money to buy a $200 log. So they just make their own, you know? So like it's. It's just crazy. Like you just need to get strong. I'm sorry. What is more manlier than that? It's like rocks you're, and you're just going through your wallet and you're like, "Damn, I'm a hundred short from buying a metal <laughs> log." So you just grab your axe, you go to the woods. Yeah, this tree's gonna do. And then you just chop it down, and then you make handles, and you're like, "Yeah, yeah, this is gonna do." And I'm just like, "How manly is that?" It's insane. Yeah, there are people just, like they'll learn how to weld just so they can build strongman implements. I need to rethink my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, like that's innovation. Like people are determined. That's you know, that's, I, I love that. I admire that. It's like people. It's like with rugby. Uh, a lot of the Pacific Island nations are fantastic rugby players. Like they play rugby their entire life. Yeah, but majority of them are too poor to afford cleats or a rugby ball. Like they have nothing. So what they do is. They'll fill a water bottle, a used water bottle, full of rocks, and then just run around in a yard somewhere and play rugby with a water bottle. 
like that or a shoe. Yeah. Like they don't and they get and they're amazing. Like Fiji won the uh the men's team, won the Olympics, two Olympics in a row. Nice. Or sevens. And they don't have anything. Like there's no <laughs> money. Like they don't have anything. And they just train, they have they like fill up bags with sand and then they throw it on their back and they run up sand dunes and train like that or it's like a classic play. rocky story rocky right four. i mean that's their whole life yeah. that's all it is and they'll they'll play touch with each other but they do it in a shallow creek so they get the resistance running through the water they're all doing that and they to get to the olympics i don't know if it was both the men's and the women's but to get to the Olympics, they didn't have money to get to the Olympics. So they hitched a ride on a cargo plane <laughs> delivering fish to Japan from Fiji. Oh, wow. Like they didn't like they won two Olympic gold medals on team, but they don't have enough money to fly to the Olympics. So they hitched a ride on with a bunch of fish <laughs> on a cargo plane. And then they go and win the beat everybody, win the Olympics and and then go back to it. Like, it's just crazy. And then, like, you have people here like, oh, I need, like, the new Adidas cleats that are <laughs> $270. And then they blow out in three months and, like, it's just not worth it. Or you just go play barefoot and train that way and figure it out. Man, you know there was some conspiracy on it where, you know, it's like, yo, Let's make sure no one give money to Fiji. We like if they can't buy a plane ticket, then we'll win the rugby. What they hitched the right with fish? Oh, fuck. Yeah. These guys are determined. So make a threes. <laughs> that is that is crazy. And and with rugby, again, I, I it's mainly videos you shared. Oh my god. I know you you're gonna remember the one I'm I'm about to say. One where it was it was the men's rugby where Dude tackles a dude, dislocates his shoulder, and then goes on the side and just goes like, pops it back in, pops it back in, and, and then he keeps playing, just running, just like, oh yeah, whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah. what? I would, I mean, I would be crying like a little bitch, like ah, okay, all right, I, I, shoulder, but this dude just, yeah, I'm good, pops it back in. And My then there was a rugby uh, in high school too, and she like, her first tournament, they went up to North Carolina to play, and there was a. Uh, in that tournament, she had a girl break a tooth off in her forehead, and then I, she like broke her finger. And then I think it was a tournament that I played in, like very close to that. And I, I think I, I broke something in my foot doing like that. So we show up to school, and she's in a cast with a you know bruised forehead and black eye and i'm on crutches and the school officer is like do i need to make a home visit like what is <laughs> what's going on like nah we just play rugby man like it's yeah rough rugby is the thing that's always hurt me the most like right now i've got a like knee injury i've been dealing with for like four months oh no i haven't been able to like really train yeah but i mean it's a it's a, like a bone bruise is the biggest thing yeah like but it's on the bottom of my femur where it connects in the knee so i just keep Step every time I step, you like feel it just it. hits the bruise, and there's no way it was I've been wearing a brace for a month to keep it like open up that side of the joint. And gosh, you know, yeah. but I'm like, oh, no, it's happened when I did strong man. Worst happened, like, 
I tweak my back and I, I mean, tweaking your back sucks. Oh yeah, no, it's not fun. I remember it was like a would you rather have back pain or knee pain, and why uh, not both? Yeah. <laughs> I got them already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I saw a video of the women rugby. This one chick, like, just like I think her nose was broken and it was just blood all over her mouth, all over her face, and she just went, "All right, I'm good." Yeah, and then I'm keep like, going. Dude, these these people are warriors. Like, holy shit, and. But I have a question. So, like, uh, uh, pretty generic, but all right. So, rugby from, you know, naive eye, like myself looking at it, it looks like football, like American football. So, if if you had to summarize it, what's the difference between football and rugby besides what I would say is rugby is full of warriors while these football players, like, oh, they got... These helmets and oh, their armor. Pads. <laughs> their that's, pads. that's the that's rugby. the eternal debate is who's tougher, football or rugby. And they're, they're I mean they're both tough. tough. I, I can they're see it being like a tough as hell. Yeah, but it's um, and football is following in rugby's footsteps with the safe tackling because rugby they're very strict on how you tackle. Oh, are they? Yeah, very oh. strict. You're not just we're not just like targeting and hitting each like just smashing. Oh, see, I I would assume so. Right, I mean, it looks like it, yeah. it does happen, but like you have to you can't hit above the shoulders. You know, high tackles are like strictly forbidden. Um you have to wrap up the players, the biggest thing. You have to wrap up and go to ground with them. You can't just shoulder charge. Mm-hmm. So you can't just like run in and smash somebody to the ground and then keep going because that's dangerous for everybody. Yeah. So it's like you have to hit them, wrap, and take down. And 99% of the time, everybody's fine with that. Like there's no injuries from it whatsoever. So football is actually adopting a lot more of that rugby-style tackling because like everybody that has football has brain damage or plays football has brain damage and like then they murder their family, you know, like, <laughs> later on in life. <laughs> And they don't know it Dude. until, like, that's it. Like, they have CTE, and then they kill their family. Like, oh, man, it was all that football. <laughs> or so it was a uh, – I don't know. I can't remember but um, yeah. who it was. But, like, it's so dangerous because they're just – No, I saw a sports science the, where – Yeah, uh, these are one of the big hits. Yeah, they, they had a sports science, like, hooked up a dummy to measure the force, and – a football player, you know, tackled the dummy to measure the force, and it was almost the equivalent of a car wreck. Uh, mm-hmm. If the car was like going something like sixty miles an hour, it's almost the equivalent of that. And so, yeah, these football players and rugby, they're taking in basically literal car wrecks uh, daily or whatever. Yeah, and they just do it all the time. They do it practice. They have games like constantly all the time. That's why, like recovery is so big because you're just beating the hell out of yourself so you got to know like how to recover and how to get you know keep yourself healthy like i was saying earlier you know you got to keep yourself healthy so you can perform Mm -hmm. because especially with football like that's your job you know professionally at least you know Mm -hmm. um like what are you going to do to keep your job it's like if you work at i don't know mcdonald's or whatever and Mm -hmm. You break both your hands and you can't flip burgers or push buttons on the cash register. Like you're useless. You're not going to be able to keep your job because you don't have any hands anymore. You know, so you got to 
take care of yourself. That was a horrible, stupid analogy. Like, <laughs> I oh, mean, I just, get it. Oh, if you cut off both your hands and now you can't work. I don't... <laughs> but, you know, you got to take care of yourself. Yeah. And that's what I'm really trying to focus on now is like just making sure I'm healthy. Because coming from a strong man, it is, it's, you have to be able to move and lift and awkward weird positions Mm -hmm. and being able to brace but like still get so tight from it so coming back into rugby and running again i have to get my body readjusted from being one way to another yeah so i'm like going back now from what i was before so my body's like dude fuck (laughs) (laughs) what are you doing to me damn dude so what's what's training like? Do you uh uh are you one of those where <clears throat> you have a arm day, leg day, back day kind of thing, or is it like specific because of strongman and rugby? Um, well right now Yeah, right now, so like the arm day, leg day, whatever, that's that's very uh bodybuilding mm-hmm. style training. Um so what I would do when I was doing strongman is either train around a lift, like I have like a press day or I guess leg day, but I'm like doing a bunch of different kinds of things mm-hmm. uh, because you tax each part of your body so much. But what I most of the time what I did was like have two upper body days and two lower body days. So I have like one day that's like a main event day where I do like uh, log press and that's, that's my big lift for the training session and then i have a couple accessory lifts to go along with that um and then same thing lower body like if it's leg day i'll do deadlifts and then i have accessories with that and then i'll train on the other second day something that's not as big and then do a lot more accessory work to help keep the movement coming in and keep the muscles training but also not just completely tax myself with every training session. Yeah. And I think people are getting a lot smarter with that nowadays <clears throat> on how to train and train efficiently. Yeah. Because a lot of people just go in and they're like, well, let's fucking see how much I can bench today. And then, <laughs> you know, they're every day they're trying to do a new max and it's not how you get stronger. You have to train yourself sub-maximally mm-hmm. to be able to get to a higher weight. You know, I mean, there's a guy that I follow. He trains a bunch of high school athletes out in East Cobb, but like he'll do, he'll test every now and then, but he makes everybody train super submaximally, but do it very efficiently and do it really well. And then they train, like they lift 200 pounds more like deadlift or squat or whatever than what they train with because they've trained their bodies so efficiently to be able to lift like that. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of different, methodologies and ideologies about training and what works and a lot of it is really just you just got to do like it. well it's up to you like it's your body like how's your body going to respond to this training stimulus and because it's not even just training it's what you eat as well yeah you have to fuel yourself right so if you're training right but you're eating like shit you're not going to get the gains that you want to see yeah so it's so it get like nowadays it's so like scientific with what you can do and yeah. like have to adjust it, pay attention to everything. Yeah. I met this guy uh, years ago. Um, he was a personal trainer. I like what he said. 
and he said something like, um, like if 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 you want abs, like he was just talking in general. He was like, if you want abs, and you eat like shit, you will get abs down the road, but it's gonna be longer and it might be a little bit harder. Abs are made in the kitchen. Yeah, and then yeah. exactly. And so if uh, uh, it's like, do you want those like you know, typical model shredded abs? It's like, uh, uh, you have to eat leaner, and then you know do the work. You could do the same amount of workout, but the person who eats right uh, is going to get them faster and more efficiently than the other person. And then he also said, also eat whatever you want and do the workout. Understand later down the road, you're not only dealing with getting the muscles, you're also dealing with like health problems and stuff. So it's like right. you you understand like you're you're going to get the body you want eventually, but you might not like some of the package that comes with it. And I I like the way he put it. Um, I do try to uh kind of watch what I eat a little bit as I get older and stuff. And now like I, I love cooking, and now I realize oh it's not as hard to kind of eat lean. The real problem. Oh, and then is- you eat good food. Yeah, <laughs> then, you, then you like you enjoy what you eat. Yeah, you know, like eating out. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like the, the more I get, the more I cook for myself, the more I hate eating out. Because I feel that I know what I like to eat, and I can cook good food. Yeah, you know, I've been cooking for a long time now, and just because I have to eat so much, um, like my favorite thing now is just grilling. You know, I got a charcoal grill. Nice. Throw the steaks on there. I have the chicken and. You know, season the chicken right and get into that. And then I've got a great, delicious meal right here. I just smoked some chicken on the grill. Like, where am I going to go and get, like, good food like this? I will say, like, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I'm going to be honest. Steak is the only thing that i rather kind of get out because I haven't fully mastered a steak it, myself. Yeah, it takes that, some time. Yeah, I haven't fully mastered it to the point where I can eat my own steak and be like, yeah, this is the best. Oh, chicken I'm, and salmon. Oh, I got that down. But uh, steak, eh, I can admit that I'm not the best yet. You, I, for the longest, I just started grilling steaks last year during like the pandemic is when I bought my grill and I've like been grilling constantly. Nice. Um, and now I'm like wanting a smoker and like I'm telling Colleen I'm gonna turn a carport into like a a barbecue shack where i'm just like nice. i've got my propane grill my charcoal grill a smoker and i'll do all this and all of this stuff and make delicious meat and hell yeah oh man but feel like it's even still like i know how to cook a good steak but it's just so easy to fuck it up and yeah yeah then you're like well i have to eat it because <laughs> it's it costs 30 dollars <laughs> like oh man meat's so expensive nowadays you know mm-hmm. i can't like can't waste it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. No, I'm first just... time I fucked up on chicken and dried the hell out of it. And I was like, well, I got to eat it. Well, then I discovered chicken thighs. Yeah. I didn't really think. I never thought about it because I would eat, you know, every, when you're training and everything, it was like chicken breast. Oh, yeah. you always got to eat your chicken breast. And it's good if you eat it right when you cook it. But heating it up later and everything, it's so dry and just, it doesn't matter how well you season it or whatever, like. It just sucks. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? Like, I looked it up. I'm like, why? What can I do? Because I need to eat chicken, but I hate this. <laughs> and so it came up with, um, you know, they're like, oh, eat chicken thighs. They're darker meat and everything and stay juicier. 
and I only eat chicken thighs now. Nice. Oh yeah, I'm just because it's still it's still not you know heated up. It's still not good, but it's a lot better than eating some dried chicken breasts. Yeah, especially if you're meal prepping, and so if you're doing yeah, which I have to all the time. Yeah, I have to eat way too much. I eat like two pounds of meat a day, at least. Yeah, and it's it's a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> like when I leave here, I got to go and cook and oh, same buy yeah. meat and cook that up. Yeah, so uh. It, it, that's actually one of the questions is like what uh, your diet. So what does it, you said two pounds of meat. Do you, this is what I like to do, uh, especially when I'm training, uh, is I like to do uh, one week, I'll cook a week's worth of chicken. Then the next week, week worth of uh, salmon and then steak. Switch it up. And switch it up. I'm pretty good on eating like the same thing all the time. Colleen, I'm good at eating kind of Colleen the can't. same dishes. Like, Protein, rice, and my green beans or yeah. broccoli, and yeah, then green I just switch up the protein. Too, yeah. What's that? As I'm green beans and broccoli too. Yeah, <laughs> I like I just I I don't like them. They're greens or vegetables, and yeah, they taste good. I ate them just because I feel like I have to. But I mean, they, <laughs> they taste good. But like, it's whatever. So I mean, they're cheap too. You know, you go yeah. to Walmart get a can of green beans like eighty cents, and it's like a whole day's worth of green beans for me. Yeah, salt, pepper, there, done. But um, I'm actually. Like working on diet is too hard for me. I, it's too much energy, and I'm like, well, not like doing it is fine, but like it's the consistency. It, well, coming up saying. with it myself. Okay. Like, what do I need to eat for what? You know, because it's different. Like, eating for strongman is a lot different than eating for rugby. Yeah, I can tell. So when yeah. I when I was in my main training cycle for strongman, um, I had a coach, and he's like one of the he's like a world strongest man competitor, and he's been around the circuit for. I don't know if he's been trained for like 30 years, you know, um, 20 years, maybe 22, something, <laughs> um, a while. Yeah. And he, like, he was like, you need to eat just like food, like no protein shakes. Don't do any of that. Like eat meat, vegetables, like just have real food. And so that's what I had to do a lot of. And now I got very much in the thought process of eating like that. And now I'm like, well, shit, I don't know. You know, you try to look it up online. Everybody's got their own opinions. Everybody's this and that. And so I, I've got a friend that does like nutrition coaching and everything. So I've actually just hired her on to help me with um, my rugby diet. So hopefully. Is rugby diet uh, more leaner? Um, I, I mean – Again, it goes like individually, like mm-hmm. what's going to be good for you. Like I need to lean out a lot more. Like ultimately, if I want to be a really efficient rugby player, I want to lose like seventy pounds. Mm-hmm. You know, I need to get down, and I've lost like twenty pounds, twenty five pounds. Hell yeah! Right, and it's. I mean, I feel good, feel better, but I like on my rugby team. I'm one hundred percent the strongest guy on my team. I'm probably the strongest guy against. Any other team we play. But I'm also very much the least fit guy on the team. <laughs> the <laughs> slowest guy on the team. Yeah. So I'm like, I need to maybe like find an even balance there. You're still the strong. Yeah, I'm still like, I'm still pretty strong, but I can move. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> you give me the ball, like I'm gonna run through some people. Yeah. Because it's all it's you know, it's 
It's just uh, my momentum. You know, yeah. Force equals mass times acceleration. <laughs> I've got the mass. <laughs> I don't have a lot of acceleration. We're gonna. We're yeah, I gotta on work that. on the acceleration <laughs> part. The force is there from the mass. So let me bump up the other part of the equation. Nice. So I mean, it, I mean, there's guys on my team that have played all over the world. One of the guys had like some a little bit of time in the NFL and the Canadian Football League, mm-hmm. and like. Everybody's like, fuck, Tristan. It really hurts to hit you. <laughs> You're just like a wall. Well, yeah, well, it's a lot of me. So it's, it, there's a Somebody lot. tackles yeah. you and they get the wind knocked out. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was with my first touch back in our game in uh, against Delaware and North Carolina. Um, we, my first touch with the ball, I like ran it up. And this guy come off, like broke off real quick and, he got a hold of me, but like when I hit him, we just like went to ground immediately. Like oh, his wow. dude was in front of me, and then he's on his back. Like it was just like <laughs> bang bang. Like it was, it was quick, and I felt like oh, I felt so good. He's like, yeah. we still tackled you. I'm like, yeah, but you know how hard you went down. Yeah, like we both went down pretty hard. I was part of it. I felt it, but I was like, man, like I love this shit. Yeah, and that's what when I um, that's my favorite part of it. Like when I uh, went down to Sydney. You know, we uh right the week after I went down there, they had a luncheon with the whole team and older members and supporters and everything. And then I didn't know that they were going to do this, but they brought me up in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Just be like, this is our American import, you know, like help us finish out the season. And so like, we're like, you know, you guys have any questions for them? And when they like were pulling me up, I was like, I was tucking into some ribs, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're like, oh, we got Tristan over here. I'm like. What, what's going on? They got sauce in my face. I'm like, all right, give me a second. But they're like, um, you know, what Like, what are you going to bring to the team? Like, what are we going to be able to do? I was like, oh, you know, I'm just coming down here for a good time and I help you all out and, you know, bust up some defense and get it going. And that the entire time I was down there, I'm like, all right, Tristan, Mike, you ready to bust up the defense? <laughs> Every time. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's why you guys flew me down here. So I feel like I'm obligated to. Yeah. How'd it go, though? <laughs> it was good. It was awesome. I loved being in Australia. I would hate to be in Australia right now. Yeah. But when I was down there, it was awesome. And I did know a couple people that lived in Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I had some friends. I was 19, and I like flew to the other side of the world by myself. Like it was a wild experience. But five minutes into my first game down there, I tried to make a tackle from behind on this big Polynesian dude. <laughs> and I, like, jumped and tried to go for his legs. I missed. <laughs> but my elbow went into the ground, and I just... <sighs> and I tore my shoulder. Five minutes into my first game down there. So the trainer came over, put me through some range of motion. He's like, oh, I guess you're all right. And... Then, like, I played the rest of the game. I played four more games when I was down there. Then I I didn't go to the hospital or anything. I don't know what's wrong with my shoulder, but I couldn't, like, lift it to put on the table. Like, it was hurting, especially the next two weeks. It was hurting. But I spent so much money to fly me down there. I didn't want to, like... Like, oh, we can't play anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> You just run up, tackle somebody just like this? I Dude, I don't, like... We... Every game, I'd get, like, a whole roll of athletic tape to tape my shoulder up, like, across my chest, down my bicep, everything, mm-hmm. put on a shoulder brace, 
And then, like, you don't wear pads in rugby, but you can wear something that's, like, padded. They have, like, specific kind of shirts. So it's kind of like a like a midriff-style shirt, yeah. but it's just got little foam pads on the shoulder. So then I wear one of those and then my jersey. So I was, like, armored out, but it still hurt. Oh. And then I came home, played a few more games, and then we when we were in Montgomery, somebody was tackling me and came up, and their knee went right into the bottom of my quad, oh. and it, like, obliterated that part of my quad. Like, it's like a dent in my muscle right now. Oh. Like, it's never healed. So I couldn't walk after that. And so I was like, maybe when I can walk again, I'll go get my shoulder checked out. Like, <laughs> tore, like, 80% of my labrum and the slap tear on top here. And, like, it was rough. And then I waited until December 26th to get that surgery. And the doctor was like, that was the hardest surgery I did all year. Because I've got, I've got something like, where my bones get extra dense. I've mm-hmm. got a lot of calcium. And because what you have to do with the labrum, like you pretty much just tie it back down and let it heal back to the bone. But the anchors to go into my bone weren't engaging mm. because my bones are too thick. So we had to go find ones from like seven or 10 years ago and like essentially do it twice. Oh, wow. And he was like, that was the hardest one I did all year. And I know because it was one of the last surgeries I did that year. So Damn, dude. he's like, don't tear your shoulder again because I'm not fucking doing it. <laughs> he told me that. And he's like, don't. He's like, your healing's a marathon, not a sprint because I'm not yeah. fixing that damn shoulder. Yeah. You show up again. Hey, dog. Yeah, what's I'm up? Like, Dr. What's Lee. Again? What's up, dude? <laughs> I did it again. Get, get out. out. Get out. <laughs> damn, man. Like, it, man, see. You, you put it into perspective because, I mean, I never thought, like, oh, I was the world's toughest guy at all. But you know every guy, you know, they have that tough guy mentality. And I'm like, oh, I can endure some pretty hard things. I'm hearing this. I'm like, I'd be a little bitch, man. I'd be <laughs> like, five minutes into that game shoulder, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm rethinking my whole life. Uh, I want to be a dental hygienist. Screw this noise. I'll tell, tell you what's insane. There was, I can't remember what year it was. I want to say it was like in the 70s, but there was a Rugby World Cup. Mm-hmm. And New Zealand was playing. They're one of the best teams in the world. And there was a guy on New Zealand. I want to say his name was Buck Shelford. Mm-hmm. During the game, this dude took a cleat to the crotch. Mm-mm. Yeah, graphic warning. <laughs> Tore his scrotum open. Oh. And his testicles were outside of his body this dude went to the sideline had the trainer so like put his testicles back in sewed up his scrotum and he went and finished the game and they won and they won and okay they won. good and they, it was like yeah like, i gave my balls to this game man god at that point yeah you i might as well like if you if, if that story ended with them losing <laughs> you have to kill yourself. Like, you have to kill yourself. <laughs> I mean, what else? Like you're, you're not like you ripped your scrotum open. You lost. Like what's that's the point? It. I know there's some people probably listening to this. It's like, nah. Even if you win, was it was it worth it? To that guy was. That's why, dude. Oh my god, oh, dude. That's just just the stories you hear about injuries. It really makes you think. But like I said, ninety nine percent of the time, it's like 
actually really safe. Like you just get the general bruises, yeah. cuts, whatever. I mean, that's it's like going on YouTube. Like obviously, if you type in like oh top rugby injuries and stuff caught on camera, like obviously you're gonna see some of the worst of the worst. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I've never watched an actual game uh, from start to finish, so I'm pretty sure if I watched a game, uh, it it would go smooth. Like you said, like ninety percent of the time. Oh yeah, like it's just sometimes things happen. I mean, you can do it like same thing with driving a car, right? Like, yeah, oh, that's a good one. You, I mean, you'd be driving on the road and somebody's not paying attention, they T-bone you. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. Like driving is the most dangerous thing anybody does. Yeah, every, every day. day, and you do it all the time, mm-hmm. constantly. You don't. Think I drive about like it. I live in Ackworth, and I work in Norcross, so I drive across Atlanta every day. And the shit I see, like one time somebody pulled a gun on me, and, like oh, no. pointed a gun at me because they were driving radically, and I was like, "Fuck off!" Like <laughs> get get out of here. And they pulled up in front of me, and then this was on two eighty five too. Like Jeez. we're going eighty miles an hour, and this person like takes the time to roll down their window, roll down their window, and then point the gun back at me. I'm like. Well, that was that was <laughs> well, unnecessary. That's, just not... <laughs> that's not. I don't. I flipped you off. That that. Right. What is your escalation <laughs> right here? Like, I I don't get it, man. It was people are fucking crazy. Atlanta, man. Like, screw it. Sometimes, like, it's it never ceases to amaze me. Uh, I remember just where was I going? I don't know where I was. I, I don't, but I was on, I was on the road or before I was on the road, I, I go on Google maps, just see what the traffic's like. And it was green all the way. And I was like, all right, cool. And then I get in my car and it was like early in the morning. I want to say this was like six, seven in the morning, barely anybody on the road. Like you expect that. And I was on my way to Atlanta and then out of nowhere, it was bumper to bumper traffic. And I was like, are you kidding me? And it was enough safe where I, I was able to go on my phone just to check what the traffic was like. And it was like, oh, there's two wrecks. And I'm like, how? How? We just started being on the road and already there's an Atlanta, and it was in Atlanta. I've seen never ceases to amaze so me. many car fires just driving to work. Like, like how? What? How is your car on fire, dude? Like, <laughs> what happened? And it ha- it's a, like it's not just like oh I saw like oh a couple years ago I saw one. It happens all the time. Yeah. No. See, here's the thing. If it, one of the reasons why like some people go oh there's accidents like oh there's so many factors. If you really get down to the bare bones of car accidents, they should not exist. Like. It's always, <laughs> yeah. always somebody being so fucking stupid. It's somebody oh who God. thinks they're above the law. They're they're gonna drive even faster. Like, uh, so I've I've oh man, I've never been that guy. When ever since I started driving, when I was like sixteen, I've never been that guy that was like, oh yeah, I drive way past the speed limit. Oh, I speed and all that stuff. I've never been that guy, and. Uh, with my insurance, it like it reflects, and you know now I got good rates, uh, driving well, and they're like, all right, here we're gonna reward you, we're gonna lower down your rates, you drive well, and I have people my age, 
uh, some older bragging about like, oh yeah, I, I I drive really fast. Oh man, like oh yeah, I'll run red lights and all that stuff. Not the first thing I asked, I'm like, yeah, what's your insurance rate? Like? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, it's like two hundred dollars. Whatever, I got the money to pay. And I'm like, yeah, mine's like seventy bucks. Like I I like saving money. Yeah, I like having you, money in my you don't pocket. Need to be paying that. Like really, and and but again, it's 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 always that mentality. People who don't use their turn signals, people who don't wear their seatbelts and stuff like that, like they're the ones who are increasing the chances of getting in a car accident. And I'm not saying I'm the most perfect driver, but the chances of me causing an accident is 0.0001%. I'm going to say that. I, I'm a I'm I'm not a super cautious driver, but I, like I'm a decent driver. I'm 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 good. I follow the uh you know, the law and stuff and the rules of the road. Yeah. And, and, and the idea of me causing an accident is just hilarious. Like I I just never will. And so when an accident happens, don't get me wrong. I feel bad for the person who got hit where it's not their fault, but I absolutely hate the person who caused the accident. It's like you were doing something you weren't supposed to. And well, even in like Georgia now, they have a law uh, called the slowpoke law. Like you, if you're going on, like you're on the highway you're going the speed limit, but there's a ton of people behind you. They're trying to go faster, but you're impeding traffic. That's now illegal. Yeah. Like you can, for going the speed limit, like you're obeying the law, but you're going to get ticketed for other people not obeying the law, which good. I, I do speed. <laughs> I paid adding two speeding tickets. <laughs> like never speed. My insurance is going to be great next year my wife wife is going to be happy but like (laughs) one of the cops pulled me over it was in montgomery i was going down the beach and i just like i'm I'm not trying to speed i'm Mm -hmm. not like oh fuck the law i'm just doing what i want i'm just like it's an open road yeah and my foot is on the gas pedal i'm just going like i'm not driving dangerously at all yeah but then i end up going like 20 over but there's a lot of people that are going to one of you. Know, like, yeah, oh, I feel think that. about it. Like, like I'm just trying to fly by everybody. And so the cop pulled me over and said, you know, why are you going so fast? And I didn't say this to him. I was like, it's because your speed limit's too low. Like, <laughs> it's an open road through Alabama. People want to get out of Alabama as fast as possible. <laughs> so let's bump this thing up a little bit. You know, I've, I've got places to be. And then... Be, gosh, that was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm like I'm not doing anything wrong. <laughs> I got one coming down 400 like a month later. No. Yeah, yeah, and 400 is insane all the time. Mm-hmm. People are flying down. So I was just coming back home, and I didn't realize that I was going 25 over because. So is everybody else. I was still getting passed. Yeah. And then I look at my rear view and there's cop lights. And I'm like, yeah, that the would, hell, man? That would and he pulled me over. He asked. He was like, is there a reason you're going so fast? I was like, I was. Why didn't you I, ask that guy who just yeah, passed I was, me? I was, like, I was like, I was just keeping speed with everyone. I was I didn't even. I was very honest. I, I didn't even realize I was going that fast. I was just keeping pace with everybody. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, people fly down this road all the time. Sit tight. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm like. 
Fuck you, Dan. Come on. <laughs> you got to give everybody else a ticket, too. You what know, about like, that ratted car? You see, those, you see those memes like, they can't give us all tickets. But, yeah, they'll give me a ticket. Well, they gave me a ticket. Yeah. I'm like, damn I was it, in man. the back. Like, coming, like, he did drop it from 25 to 20. So that wasn't super speeder. I wasn't going to, like, get my license suspended. Still. Yeah. I'm like, just cut me a break. Say, like, hey, well, I know everybody's, like, going fast. But, you know, take it easy. Like, be a good guy. You know? After that, you invest in a, a speed gun. You park the car <laughs> right next to the police officer. You, you speed somebody. And then you're like, go get him. Go get him. Go get He's him. going the same speed. Go get him. What? And I'll, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. After that, I put hashtag defund the police in my Instagram bio. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> I didn't. But it's like after that, like once you have a bad exchange, you're like, man, fuck the police. Man, Plays, he's go home, I'll put on some NWA, you know? <laughs> like, as soon as he's all like, uh, all right, sit tight, you start blasting that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the police. Uh, oh, man. That's then hilarious. he shoots me. Oh, man. So, uh, 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 Changing topics for a little bit. Uh, you're married. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, when was your wedding? It was last year? Um. So we did a COVID wedding. Yeah. So we had one of my buddies uh, ordained from the internet. Hell yeah. So. I did that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to do that. Like, I'll marry my friends. Like, it'll be cool. Yeah. I, um, it was funny because uh, uh, real quick, uh, my uh, my buddy who I consider my brother I was just chilling one day at my apartment. He just calls me. He's like, hey, how would you uh, like to perform the ceremony? And I was like, mm, we got we have to hear it from your fiance. He was like, no, it's coming from her. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, I'll do it. Like, I'm not going to lose that opportunity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we did that on our back porch. So nice. We just had like our parents over. So both of our parents are divorced. So we've got like extra parents. So we had like 10 people over. Um, and then my buddies just came over and like married us on our back porch. So 2020 is really when we got married. And then this past year in March, so we got legally married on the same day. Cause we already booked our wedding mm-hmm. venue. So we got married on the same day that our wedding was going to be. So then our wed like our ceremony date that we had this past year, um, was technically our one year anniversary, but everybody came. We try to keep it more on the down low that we were married for the year just because we want people to still give us gifts. <laughs> you know, like, they show like, you guys are already married. You got your shit together. Like, whatever. We're not coming. Um, but no, man, our wedding was awesome. Like, the venue was beautiful. High Tower Falls out in Cedartown. Nice. And it's got, like, this old grist mill on the property in this field. And uh, it's got a beautiful waterfall in the back. And that's, like, right behind... Uh, where the ceremony was happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was beautiful. Yeah, I saw some of the pictures. It, it, it looked badass. Oh, yeah. And then the party afterwards was insane. Of course. We were having such a good time. Because all of our friends came out. We all like partying. All, our families are fun. So we're all dancing and drinking, having a good time. And the on the uh, property, they had a bunch of cabins, too. So we rented out all the cabins, and people just stayed over. So... We when that ended, we just went to the cabins and kept drinking and eating and hanging out and man, it was such a good time. I, like, I want to do it again. 
Like nobody, nobody else's wedding is gonna be as good as mine. mine there you go. The best. <laughs> and no one the wants to invite best. you. You go and you're like silently judging. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna be like, this yeah, is yeah, this looks good. Garbage. Not, not like my wedding. And we just we uh catered some. It was a the steakhouse. I think it's in Rockmart. But that's where I go to good. skydive. What's that? That's where I go to skydive. Rockmart. You went skydiving? Yeah. Fucking Dude, skydiving is. is the I will best. never. Just because, like, I understand. You're afraid like, of heights? Yeah, actually. Okay. <laughs> like that. Um, but holy shit. I just don't get it, man. Like, I'm going to drive the like, like, at least the stuff that I do, I'm like, <laughs> I can get hurt. I'll more than likely live. But, like, if something messes up while you're skydiving, like, you're just a, a missile into the earth. Like, that's <laughs> it. Like, there's nothing else. Like, the parachute doesn't work for some reason, which happens. Yeah. And then you just plummet straight to the earth. I'm an adrenaline junkie. But, see, that go- kind of goes with my personality. Uh, it's, Colleen uh, would do it. Huh? Colleen would do it. Don't. Oh, shit. She can't watch this now. And those would be like, that's only, like. 30 minutes away. I'll just go do that. She wants to. I'm... Dude, Rockmart's at like an hour away. What are you talking Is about? It? Oh. Yeah. Because like, I, I remember uh, I booked it with a, a buddy of mine, Brady, who I mentioned. And like, he was the one that did it. And it was like just an hour away. And, but I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I love the place. Uh, uh, Spaceland, Skydive, something like that. Uh, highly recommend them. And, yeah, it's a, it's an hour drive, but damn it, is it worth it? And but that's that kind of goes with my personality is like, uh, either I live or I die, whatever. <laughs> I live or I die. If I die, I die. If I die, I die. And uh, yeah. but when I, if I live, I'm. A, I mean, I've done some yeah. stupid stuff in my life for sure, but I will never go skydiving. Oh my god, I dude, can't, it's dude. dude, it's the best, and I predicted it well. Uh, uh, I was like the the. I've I've jumped now twice and I have my third one lined up. Uh, I just have to make a. Uh, I already paid for it. I just have to make an appointment, but uh, I'll do that down the road. And so I'm trying to jump by myself now. Right now I'm still jumping with somebody mm-hmm. attached to me. The so if something goes wrong, you're just getting ass fucked into the earth. Like, <laughs> pretty much. Is that how you, if I die, I die. It's not even if you die. Like, that's Archaeologist discovers our bones and it's like, this dude had four arms and four legs. This is amazing. <laughs> like, this is a mega person. The, the spider, the Spider-Man. <laughs> like, Some angel, like, drop down. They have four arms, four legs. Weird. Two skulls, huh? It's like, I don't know if you've seen that meme. It was um, uh, from Pompeii. And there was like the, an embracing, two people embracing they're like cast like that forever, and there's somebody there was like an article saying like they might have been gay lovers. Yeah, yeah. And then like people were like, okay, so let's just say you fought in a war. This man became your brother. <laughs> like you guys are best friends, and you are watching your impending death roll down. <laughs> everybody, like everything you know and you love, is being destroyed. And as you look across your best friend, you guys embrace one last time, and then two thousand years later, look. Like, LOL, gay boys. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were gay. <laughs> yeah, like every not everything has to be gay. Like, it's right? Okay. It's, it's okay. okay. Like no one hates y'all. It's just not everything's gay. Well, some people hate them, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a low percent. Yeah, like, people making it to seem as a big percent. No, it's not. And and 
Not everything, like you said, not everything has to be gay. <laughs> but like I, I everything. Can think, like it's okay. Like we understand things are gonna be gay. Guys, guys, hug. It's guys, all good. Guys can hug. <laughs> Lol, they're gay. <laughs> yeah, like nothing. It's not. But yeah, no. Uh, um, when I went skydiving though, I predicted it right. Where I've always wanted to skydive so so bad, and I finally got the opportunity. And I said, man, watch me go skydive, live, and then. After that, like a week or two, everything just seems bland to me because it's it's not as exciting as skydiving, and that is exactly what happened. It, <laughs> that's so. Well, that's a problem. You get addicted, like ah, oh, man. And you just I need more. I need more. And then like what? Like then you're gonna do base jumping, where you just like jump off base of jumping. I, I am a little bit scared because here's the thing. Here's the thing about with skydiving, like actual skydive. Uh, so you you have like you have to like okay with me with an instructor we have like i think three parachutes all together obviously you're going to deploy one uh if that one fails the instructor has one if that one fails uh if you hit a certain uh a feet above uh 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 you know ground right when you get close to the ground i think it's like uh 4000 feet there's an automatic reserve that will deploy if you get too close to the ground uh, so relatively skydiving is safe. Uh, but base jumping, you only have one parachute. So if that one fails, eh. I don't know. I think it's all just spinning in the face of God. <laughs> like, like he made you with legs to be on the ground. You I want to fly, legs. dude. Like just fly. I mean, just like being in an airplane. We're just like, like <laughs> we don't care about your laws. <laughs> we do what we want. We go make submarines. We live underwater. Like, we do so much shit, and then now, now, not only are we like defying God by being in a plane in the air, just a a missile cruising through the air, and then we're like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking jump out. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, like, some crazy dude was like flying somewhere, and then he was just like, I wonder what it'd be like to fall like right now. What it'd be like. And that's how skydiving started. Not really, but <laughs> like it Dude, looks it's cool. Like it looks cool. Though. Or the um, people like those squirrel suits or whatever. Yeah, they, oh, like, God, I want to do wings that. And the under the yeah, arms the and legs, like, and they're just flying through shit. Like that looks awesome. I want to do that. Sometime. I would never do it. I, I would do never do it. Hang gliding. Nope. Any almost any adrenaline thing I want to do, with the exception of um, bungee jumping. Like I can be talked into bungee jumping. It's I'm not super thrilled about it, but I can be talked into it. Uh, the only thing I will never do, I don't see the appeal, but people consider it adrenaline pumping. I get it, but still, is being in a shark cage and shark infested in water. I would, no, probably, I would no. probably do that. Fuck that. I'd probably do that. There's only two things in this world I'm afraid of, and it's sharks and needles. I don't like needles. And needles. <laughs> and needles. <laughs> two very different things. Those are the only two things I'm afraid of in this world. Like, if you put a syringe in front of me, I will freak out. Uh, and sharks. Like, I still have fear that one day sharks are going to, like, walk on land and, like, fucking go havoc. No. I No. Shark. No. Sharknado. <laughs> I did watch that. That was a good movie. <laughs> it was a silly movie. But no, shark. Uh, no, I don't fuck with sharks. Uh-uh. No, I would. I think it'd be fine. Because you got to, like... Like you have to be bloodied or something for them to actually like, attack. Yeah, I hear that. Like I you're just so, like they don't like you're just sitting in the cage, 
and they are just around. Like they're no. not gonna attack you. Mm-hmm. But like even like two years ago, we went down to Alabama and Colleen and our friend did a uh, parasailing. Nice. You know, they're just off the back of a. Is that what it is when you're? Yeah, like you're at off back the back of, of a boat. Yeah. Um, but I was like, no. Why would I do that? Number one, uh, when they were up there, they could see. Obviously, you can see all the water. They're like, there were like a million jellyfish <laughs> everywhere, <laughs> which was also a problem because we we're like trying to like. At, we just had a competition. Kelly did a strongman competition too. Nice. And we're like, oh, well, I'm beat the hell up. I want to go relax in the water, and you can't. So we're all getting stung by jellyfish. So you actually got stung? Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. I'm like, how? Like, the back of my leg is burning. What the hell is that? There's jellyfish everywhere. So it's not like any of the super dangerous ones. Yeah. So what we ended up doing, I met this, like, eight-year-old kid named Maximus. And me and this dude. Badass name. We were just, like, collecting jellyfish out of the water and then burying them on the beach. (laughs) We did that for, like, an hour. It it helped nothing because they're everywhere. And so what... When Colleen and Brittany were parasailing, the, you know, they do that thing where they slow down a little bit so you drop, they drop your butts in the water or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they're like, um, don't do that. There's jellyfish <laughs> everywhere. Uh, but I was, with that, I was watching this video and I want to say it was in the Gulf or something, but there was a storm and they couldn't like get the sail back down because the winds were too strong. The fucking thing broke off. Are you serious? They went, like, they're videoing it, and then, like, the dude was on the hotel balcony, and then just, like, they they flew away. Like, the wind carried them <laughs> into the town, like, away from the ocean. He's like, oh, he's fucking gone, dude. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, I, didn't, I need to follow up and see what actually happened. Yeah. I would... I would be terrified. Oh my god! I don't. I can't even imagine <laughs> what happened. That I mean, I guess he technically has on like a parachute. Yeah, kind of. But like the wind's so strong, it literally like he just was like floating away. Like the cable snapped and all that. I was like, no way. <laughs> I don't trust Ferris wheels. I mean, number one, like just being a big guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't trust the structural integrity. Of anything. (laughs) I'm like, uh, what's the weight limit on this? Like 500 pounds. Like, "Mm, no. (laughs) Like, it's rusty. I don't want to, like, anything at the the fair. Like, I don't. No, I don't trust the fucking fair where they built that equipment. No, you just put it up. Yeah. I can see you. I don't trust you. Yeah, no. Like, I don't think you're an engineer. Yeah. Like, there's a different. I mean, I'm not super crazy about roller coasters, but there's a difference between like riding one at Six Flags that's been there. They do maintenance every day versus one at fair where they put it up in like one day. I'm like, I'm not. No, no. no. They got ones that like go upside down and sling you all over. And um, I think it was in Australia that there's that one that just kind of like swings around like that. Mm-hmm. Like it has a bunch of people in it. Um, and it wasn't like stable on the ground mm. and it was starting to like fall back and a bunch of people had to get up on the front of it and like, Oh yeah. I did see that. Yeah. 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 yeah because they, like, it was like rocking back. Like, it almost fell over. Yeah. And a bunch of bystanders had to like hold it stand down. on it to hold it down. Yeah. Or like a acrophobia at six flags. A girl got her legs cut off. Cause one of the cables snapped. Oh yeah. I don't trust 
anything, man. <laughs> I, I did do the acrophobia. And I've done acrophobia. It's, it's not that great, but... It's... I mean, I'm terrified of it. See, I, I mean, I'm scared of heights. It's yeah. called acrophobia. But uh, I went one time and it was completely empty at the park. So they just let us ride up and down like eight times in a row. We're just going up, down, bouncing. They're... It was fun, but I also hated it. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I haven't rode acrophobia since I've gone skydiving. But even like, when I rode acrophobia for the first time, like around high school, I was like, this is pretty lame because we were up there and I was super excited and I was like, whoa. And then the moment you drop, you drop for like literally like two seconds and then it starts to slow down. I get it. So I I literally was like, yeah, that's it. But that was lame. And so I don't really like it. acrophobia. And and now that I've gone um, skydiving, I'm like, mm, no. Same with the indoor skydiving. Skydiving take. Huh? How long does it take? Uh, so you free fall for a couple of, like you free fall for like 30 to 40 seconds to a minute. Like that's how long you free fall. And then you deploy your parachute at uh, 6,000 feet in the air. And then you're just gliding for like four minutes, four or five minutes. You just, you can, you can go down a little bit faster, but you, or you could stay up a little bit longer, but. Around four or five minutes, you're just gliding in the parachute. It's pretty dope. <sighs> Man, dude, it's, it's, oh my God, it's so much fun. Uh, but, uh, and like the last thing I'll add on, on, on the skydiving, it's like, it's such a surreal feeling. Like the first time I went, so I'm, I'm at the edge of the plane, like I'm about to go with my instructor. It's like once he pushes you off and that's it, like, yes, it, you're like, oh my god, I'm fucking falling. And it's exciting, it's scary. Like it hit me. It didn't really hit me till like we fell and then like we turned and I was looking up in the sky and I saw the plane. We only fell for like a second. And already the plane was so far ahead and your mind moves really fast and I you just quickly realize that's it, I'm falling. And and yeah, like in a way you're scared, but like that's it. Like you hit terminal velocity and you're good. And then you're just like, might as well make the best of it. I got the video package and stuff. So the guy's like uh, recording me, taking pictures and stuff. So right there, I was just like, I was dancing in the air. I was having so much fun. I was posing for the camera and the view is really cool. And then um, they give you this like uh, wristwatch monitor and you're so, uh, like every second you're dropping 1000 feet. So you have to keep track of it. So the moment it hits seven, you're supposed to stare at it till it hits six. Once it hits six, that means like you're 6,000 feet in the air. You got to deploy that parachute. And so like deploy the parachute and then that's it. And then it's it's just so calm. You go from like, whoa, whoa, to deploying your parachute. And now you're just like, that was nice. And then you're just drifting and admiring the scenery. Oh, God, dude, it's it's the best. Yeah, that's that's all you do. That's all you. <laughs> <laughs> like that, like not even like convincing. No, a little bit. <laughs> not even like oh, like maybe I will. Never. No, no, no. God, I want to do those military halo jumps where they're even higher. God, I want to do it where you have to have the oxygen mask. I want to do that so bad. It's so awesome. <laughs> no. But uh, uh. So going back to your uh, uh, your wedding, I wanted to mention this. So uh, 
you married your high school sweetheart. Yep. Dude, that's amazing. That's not a small thing. Like it's crazy, dude. So like if you don't mind me asking, did you guys ever had a like a rocky moment where it was like you guys split up and then got back together kind of thing? Or it was like no I mean, no, we've been together the whole time. Uh, at the end of next month, it'll be eight years together. That is but, fucking amazing. I mean, obviously, like, we're a couple fight and everything. Oh, and fighting. Like, <laughs> there was one time where it got close, and I don't even remember. We joke about it because I don't, I was trying to be funny, but I was also being an asshole. And, like, I went to go get his Chick fil A, and. I was like, I bought the Chick-fil-A, and then I thought she told me she didn't want the Chick-fil-A. I was just like, oh, so I was pulling up into the cul-de-sac. I was like, hey, look outside. And then I was just like, I pulled up in the middle of the cul-de-sac, and I just looked, and I just like threw her drink out the window. <laughs> just, I thought it'd be funny. Like, I wasn't trying to be like, fuck you. Like, I just like threw it into the middle of the street. I'm like, huh? Like, there goes your Coke. <laughs> Like I, but she got really mad about it. Yeah. And then I came inside and put, I put her food in the garbage because <laughs> I thought she said she didn't want it. And she's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" She didn't say that. Colleen doesn't really cuss, but she's like, "What are you? What are you?" I'm like, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> and I'm like, "I, you said you didn't want it." And like, it was, I don't know what the hell happened. And so. We were, like, yelling at each other and our friends, like, in the living room. <laughs> like, oh, what's going on? Um, and, like, that was a close, like, she was like, God, get out of here. Like, we're done. We're like, no, we're not. <laughs> but then, like, immediately we, like, talked about it. We're like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. So now we're like, oh, we almost broke up over Chick-fil-A. That is hilarious. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. That's, like, the only thing. And I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know, and I definitely think. Because we've been together for eight years. I'm actually Colleen's first boyfriend, you know. That's awesome. I guess, you know, and, I mean, first kiss. For, I mean, like, you know, she did it right the first time. That's <laughs> 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 well, she ended up marrying me. So maybe not right. But <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, it's crazy that we've been together so long. Um, and, I mean, it's been pretty easy. And I think a good bit of it. Is like we haven't been, like when my when my parents were dating, my mom told me like, you know, my dad never really dated anybody before, so she was like, you know, let's actually take some time apart, and like you go like go see other girls, you know, like figure out that this is what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Turns out it is, like, but you know, he went off. They still got married and everything, and me and Colleen haven't done that. I've dated a couple girls before Colleen. Um, she's never dated anybody else, but. We've been able to spend time apart, like when I went to go live in Sydney or when I lived in Boston. She didn't come with me. Mm-hmm. So she was here. So we're able to live our own lives and still be able to do our own thing, but all still while being together. Oh, wow. And I think that helped instead of just being like on top of each other all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, like we actually had a lot of space. You know, when I was living in Boston, I mean, we try to see each other every six weeks, but sometimes we'd go up to like three months without seeing each other. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was tough, but overall, like, yeah, it helped out a lot, I think, with our relationship. Like, we really understood being apart that we still wanted to be together. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's a really big part of why it's helped us so much. But 
uh, very early on. And this was like, I've, you know, my friends always ask me, like, how the hell have you guys stayed together so long? Yeah, that's what this? I was about to say. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, for me personally, I think um, understanding and communicating why I'm upset. Because mm-hmm. I know when I get mad, like, I've got a relatively short temper. Mm-hmm. But I, like, came to realize, like, I'm not, like, angry. I'm just upset about something. Mm-hmm. So communicating why I'm upset instead of just, you know, well, I'm mad and you need to fix it. You know, like, <laughs> we talk about it and then we improve. Like, we do better for each other. And, like, that's honestly, I think, the number one reason that has been able to work is we figure that out and talked and we hardly ever will not talk if we're upset like we'll be upset and sometimes we just need space we'll always come back and be like what happened you know where was there miscommunication what do we need to do to be able to fix that and have it not happen in the future and sometimes it happens again but we just still try to come back to it and yeah you're never going to communicate very efficiently yeah you're never going to get rid of it 100 percent it's just normal part of relationships uh so like uh, come coming near to the end of the show like uh it like if you could give somebody advice on on a relationship because like i think what you have is is so unique because if you and i were best friends during the time where uh, uh you're about to go to boston or sydney and oh how long were you in sydney for uh just a few months Okay. But like Boston, you were there longer. You were there for I was up there about a year and a half, yeah. Yeah. See, like me, I I don't believe in uh it's not necessarily I don't believe in it. It's just like if you're young, I advise to not do long distance relationship. It does help when you do have an expiration date to said location, like, oh, I'm only gonna be here for like a year or I'm only gonna yeah, be didn't. here for X amount of months. Yeah, we had no idea. Oh, you had no idea? No, we didn't uh, know. Like, I was, yeah, it was just really up in the air because I went up there for a job and oh, you know, okay. like, it was supposed to be expanding and I was supposed to be able to, like, go around. Like, I was going to be able to grow up, grow with the company. Mm-hmm. So I'd be able to have a little bit more freedom, but I didn't know if they were just going to keep me up in New England and manage all the Northeastern locations or because they were opening up down in Florida, too. I was like, hey, like, I'm from Georgia. Like, Send me back to the south. And mm-hmm. They and everything was just up in the air. Like they, this company didn't. They like it's a lot of the guys that were behind, uh, like Massage Envy, European Wax Center, Orange Theory Fitness. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of those guys. So obviously they have success doing this. But when they open up these businesses, it's like they didn't know anything. Uh-huh. So like I had no answers when I when you know when I was up there. So it was just kind of like. We'll see what happens. I mean, Colleen was finishing nursing school. We, what this was, this was the uh, date. Like what you're talking about, is she was going to move up to mm-hmm. Boston. So that was what we were looking forward to. We didn't know what my future was going to be. So that was really tough. But like you said, there's a date. Like she was going to graduate and then come up. Mm-hmm. We'll live in Boston. Be a nurse in Boston. One of the best cities to be a nurse in. But yeah. So that was how that was working. Yeah. So yeah, because like if you have an expiration date to whatever, I I think it does. You increase your chances for uh, or for young couples. But like like I was saying, like if you and I were best friends and you were telling me about this, 
like i would be that asshole to be like hey man like she's cool and all but like i i just i don't see it happen like if i had to put money into it like obviously i want you guys to be happy it's like gun to my head i have to choose i can't be i can't be vague i can't be general i have to pick yes or no do i believe it's gonna work or not and statistics shows that it doesn't so that's where i'm, I'm gonna put my money in but I, it's one of those like i hope i'm proven wrong and yeah. so it's awesome to see you and her you know you guys made it the distance and and you guys i mean a married. lot of people told us that you know oh i don't me doubt and that her, yeah you know? so like, so yeah why like, would you do that so when i a couple months when i moved up there after a few months uh when she came to visit me that's when i proposed oh nice in boston um because I was like, you know, I'm going to show you that, like, I am serious. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not just dating. I'm going to, like, I'm very serious about you. So, we're you know, we're engaged for, like, two like two or three years. But, it who cares? Happens. Yeah. Like, we knew we were going to be together. And then, now we got married. So, there it is. Dude, that's that's so badass. So, uh, so for the last uh, part of the show, if you could give, like, an underrated or whatever relationship advice uh, that you would give to any young person out there listening, and then any advice in rugby slash strongman. Go. Do you have any? Right on. Let's see. Relationship. Uh, understand yourself. Because you can't, it's hard to have um, a union of two people when you don't understand what you need to be satisfied. So, like I said, communication also plays a big part of that because you need to, I mean, it's like, it's like having a job, right? Like your manager needs to set expectations and you need to meet those expectations. You know, if you don't, then there's going to be problems. So, and, but the manager has to know what those expectations need to be, right? If they just keep coming up with new rules, it's not, nobody's going to be happy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be happy. Like, well, this isn't what you told me originally or whatever. So you need to understand what's going to make you happy, what you're really looking for, but also be open to adjustment, you know, like be willing to adjust yourself. You, you're not perfect. Nobody's perfect. The and fuck? I, what? Get nobody. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, like every, oh man, it's just so crazy where you see people now, they're like, oh, ego. Oh yeah. my God. God, they're like, <laughs> I'm good all by myself. I don't need to change for nobody. Like, no, you do. Yeah. Because if you want relationships to work or anything in your entire life, you are not perfect just because you are who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, some person doesn't like you. They think you're a little too bossy. Maybe you are. Or like, It's not because they can't handle you. Maybe you're just too bossy. You need to, like, lower that down a little bit. Learn to deal with that. You know, so understand yourself before trying to put together two people. Mm-hmm. You know, know yourself. Uh, rugby, play it. Get out there. There's a bunch of clubs around Atlanta. You got to play. Yeah, uh, it's God. It's so much fun. I mean, just it's, the- it's it's awesome hearing you be passionate about it. It makes me passionate about it. So, like, all right, you said. Just I feel do like it. I almost got of- you to come out and play before. And <clears throat> like you were kind of like with the podcast story. I'm not gonna lie to you. I was just a bitch. That's all it was. I, I was <laughs> I was a pussy. I just did. I was like, mm, the little that I knew about it. I was I was just and it's dumb because I I I, I did martial arts and I'm used to you know getting my ass kicked 
every day. But the idea, it was the idea of tackling that I was a bitch. It's about. very different. I did martial arts for ten years before I played rugby. Nice. So I was yeah. like, yeah, I get kicked in the face for fun. Like this. Yeah, be, like, I get kicked, punched, choked out, whatever. But like the idea of somebody tackling me was, I don't know why I was a bitch to that thought, and, <laughs> and I was. I, like, I, I'll, I'll fully admit it. And so that's that's really it. I, I, like you, you came into the restaurant, you you talked about it, you you pitched it really well, and then I rem- going home, I was on my phone looking at it, and I was just like. And then well, of after course, listen to if you know whoever listens to this and they're like, yeah, but that one guy got his scrotum tore open <laughs> like, like it might it might not happen. It also might happen. Ah, but no, I mean, yeah, the camaraderie in it too. I mean, there's this. Page I mean, there's on injuries right that now. happen in martial arts. There's injuries that happen in everything. Everything you can enter profession step off here, a curb wrong and you like break your leg. Yeah. yeah. Like why then? Why not do something? To make that happen. That's why yeah, I, it's I was talking fun. to somebody the other day, you know, like right now I'm dealing with this knee problem. I went to the doctor. The doctor told me my knee looks like a knee of a 40 year old. It's just like worn down. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on, a bunch of shit in there. And you know, people are like, well, why do you keep going? Like, why do you keep doing it? Because what, what, what else am I going to do? Yeah. I'm just going to sit on the couch and because I'm going to deteriorate if I sit on the couch. I'm not, I'm not, if I don't do anything, you know, if I'm going to have problems doing that. So why not actively do something and, you know, improve my physical health some other way? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to hurt. Things are going to wear out. We're not made to last forever. Like, so why not do something and have fun? Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like people, the hardest thing about rugby, especially in the South, is just getting people out to play. A lot of teams fold because they don't have numbers. They can't get numbers out. There's a lot of good teams in Atlanta that guys that start on a social team and they get really good and they want to go play for those good teams instead of building up their own team. Mm-hmm. Now this uh, this team can't like bring in enough players and then they can't play anymore. Yeah, you know, but it's so much fun. It's active. You know, you're I mean you beat the shit out of each other for 80 minutes on the field and then you go have a bunch of beers later together. You know, like it doesn't matter. Any You go anywhere in the world and because you're a rugby player, other rugby players will immediately accept you and help you out. Like the page on Facebook I was talking about, this woman was saying that her mom was stuck in the Atlanta airport and um, like her sister wasn't able to help her out and couldn't get to her and was seeing if somebody could like go pick her up, take her to a hotel because she's stuck in the airport. And yeah, they got it done. They're like, you know what? Yeah, we, we'll take care of you. We'll help you out. And just... Rugby. That's that's, that's the that's So great people, great sport, great time. So just, I mean, and then I guess the same thing for strongman. Like, just do it. Yeah. Like, if you want to, like, just do something. Like, try it out. If it doesn't end up being for you, that's fine. But you still did something. Yeah. So, like, right now, like, if, if, if again, somebody listening to this, it's like, all right, let's, let's be a little bit more specific. Like, right now, somebody goes, like, damn, this Tristan guy, he inspired me. I want to do it. So, like, right now, as he's watching on his phone, most likely, what should he do, like, to try to get started? Um, get off YouTube, Google search rugby in Atlanta. You'll likely pull up Old White or the Atlanta Renegades. Message that team. They're on Facebook. Every, every team has a Facebook page or Instagram or whatever. Just send that team a message and say, hey, can I come out for a run? Where do y'all practice? What time? And 100%, they will tell you where they're at, what they want to do, where you need to go. And then 
You can come out and just wear shorts, tennis shoes, like active clothes. You know, if you decide you want to keep going, go buy a $20 pair of cleats. You know, they'll somebody might have some extra rugby shorts for you to, like, that you can have. And then you're like on your way to playing. It's not like it's very inexpensive. Like you really need cleats and shorts. Like the jer- the teams have their jerseys. And, and bring you know, your like, non-broken team body. Dues. Yeah. Break your body. <laughs> you <laughs> know, like build like... yourself up. And then same thing with Strongman. You know, there's um, not a lot of strongman gyms around um growlers gym in canton if we're all we're all uh atlanta area people uh holly springs canton area growlers gym fantastic gym there um what do you train at i mostly train at my house okay harwell barbell we have an instagram too so um you know i've been trying to do strongman sundays at the house and then we moved and it got injured and so that got put on hold for a little bit. We're going to start picking that back up. And I mean, anybody's more than welcome. I've had like 10 people training. I had one person training, you know, like it just, yeah. it, you make it fun. And then it's just, I mean, that's the appeal to CrossFit. Like you're with a group of people, you're all pushing yourself. And then it's the dopamine reward for like actually physically achieving something. And it's so much fun. Like I've got a couple stones or something in my house. And when I teach people to load it up and they like are struggling, but then they get the, 200 pound stone up and you know just because they need a little form tweak and they're you're a lot stronger than you think you are yeah you know and so you like get it and you finally get it up there like everybody's clapping and cheering like like everybody's proud of you you're proud of yourself like you just achieved this awesome thing like picking up a 200 pound rock isn't a small feat you know mm-hmm. like that's and it's really cool looking it's great yeah. for the Instagram. So, <laughs> you know, like just get out there. Um, there's Madhouse Gym down in Mableton. Yeah. They've got a bunch. That's where um, one of the strongest men in the world trains down there. He has the second heaviest Atlas Stone load in history. Damn. It is 565 pounds. Jeez. Yeah. Never cease to amaze me. And he's just, a little, he's just a dude from Austell, you know? Yeah. Just, just a little... Georgia boy, but he is strong and he's the nicest guy. Every rugby and strongman. I mean, most everybody is super nice. I can see that. Yeah. You know, like everybody understands like the work that needs to be put in and, mm-hmm. and they're something. humble about it. Yeah. There's a mutual respect about it. You know, if you're willing to get yourself out there and put yourself through this to achieve something alongside all these other people, mm-hmm. there's respect for that. So, I mean, just getting out there and trying, even if, like I said, I, I mean, the heaviest log press I've done is like 325. That's decent. It's okay. You know, but I train with guys that are doing over 400 pounds over their head. But if I get a PR and it's still a hundred pounds less than what they're doing, they are fucking psyched for me, you know? So it doesn't matter if you don't think you're strong enough or whatever, like, you do the best that you can do, mm-hmm. and everybody will respect you. Hell yeah, nicely put. So, where can people follow you and and whatnot if you if you care about all that? <laughs> uh, I don't, but I mean, if you wanna, uh, I'm Coach underscore Tristan on Instagram or Harwell Barbell is the gym page that's rarely updated, <laughs> um, or at least follow the Atlanta Rhinos. Uh, the Atlanta Rhinos. team, Atlanta Rhinos. We are coming in for the national championship, the inaugural national championship 
2022. Hell yeah, I'll follow him. Dude, we got, I mean, we've got a fucking squad. We, so I mentioned we had our games. Mm-hmm. We played Delaware. We beat Delaware, who's playing this week for the Amateur Rugby League mm-hmm. National Championship. We beat them 78-8. to eight. Damn. We went up to play Cleveland, who's also competing in the professional league. And we went up there and beat them 64 to 12. And we left a lot of points off the board with missed kicks. So it should have been like in the 80s. Jeez, you so, blew them out of the water. And we and we're traveling them like we weren't even like playing the best we could play. And we like traveled light with not all of our guys, not all of our good guys. Fine, like fine, Mr. Brain. We I hey dude, we <laughs> are taking it. Dude, that's awesome. That's, We're gonna kill it. Hell yeah! Well, man, dude, this was this was so much fun. Learned a lot. It again, it's 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 awesome hearing any of my guests. Like that's why I try to bring guests who are passionate about something. It's it's just it's so cool hearing somebody be passionate about it because then it makes me passionate about it. Sometimes even afterwards, like when I'm editing it together. I'll like have one screen of editing and then another screen on like YouTube or something where I'm listening to either a podcast or an interview of somebody talking about it, just like you're talking about it. And it's, it's just so cool, man. And dude, that's awesome. Uh, happy for your marriage, happy for your competitions, uh, line of rhinos, definitely check them out. Uh, and I'm definitely going to have you back on and hope, you know, you feel better, man. But like, keep, <laughs> dude, keep keep at it, man. It, it was a pleasure. Hey, Thank you so much for being on the show. You, man. Yeah, no, you too, man. I, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Oh, so. for sure. It was a lot of fun. All right, man. Well, uh, uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Thank you guys so much. Take it easy.